Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. The Rovers Chat YouTube channel is proudly sponsored by SixYardsOut.com. They've got retro football from every era with mugs, phone cases and much more. They also have plenty of Rovers goods including apparel with the famous 94-95 season and this season's kit. Check them out using the link in the description below. Fans, in this video hanging up on the wall, you'll see this shirt, which is a signed John Buckley shirt from this season. It's got the Skybet logos on it there, Bucko's name and number on the back, and then his signature just here. Um, we're really, really delighted with the video and the interview that we've recorded with John Buckley, so a big thank you to him. Uh, the reason that we've done this is another charity fundraiser for this year. So just a little bit about last year. We raised over £900 for Sporting Minds, uh, thanks to everyone's donations through all the various live streams and everything that we did. So thank you everyone for your support uh, over the last year or so. So we want to do it again. Uh, the chosen charity partner this year is the Sporting Memories Foundation. It's a brilliant um, national charity that supports uh, dementia, depression and loneliness in older people. And they've helped out Tony Parks, um, Blackburn Rovers legend Tony Parks. Uh, in his own battles with dementia. So we'd love to raise a lot of money for the Sporting Memories Foundation. Uh, we will be doing a raffle for this John Buckley shirt. Um, it'll be the usual way, rcdonate.com. Every pound you donate will equal one raffle ticket entry into our raffle. Look out for other stuff over the month as well, um, where you can get raffle ticket entries as well, the quiz, etc., etc. Um, and then we'll be looking to draw that around the 22nd of December. So look out for that on our social media. But yeah, big thank you to John Buckley for donating this shirt for a brilliant interview with us where he's really covered his time in the academy right through into the first team. So please enjoy the video. Here we go. Hello Rovers fans and welcome to a special edition of the Rovers Chat podcast, all in aid of our chosen charity for this Christmas. More on that a little bit later, but uh, as you can see, joined by a very special guest today, it is John Buckley, Rovers number one angler. How are you doing, John? <laughs> yeah, not too bad. Selves? Yeah, we're all right, thanks. And uh, obviously really grateful for, for your time today. And obviously you've just got wet in training, so uh, obviously you probably want to be at home, but we're really appreciative of, of your time this afternoon. And um, just want to say as well, Bucko, thank you for supporting the channel. You know, you've been in the comments, you've been on our YouTube streams and everything like that. You know, great supporter of, of Rovers Chat and, and obviously you engage with the fans on Insta and everything as well. So really good to have you here, mate. Um, as it's Christmas, We've got him a gift, haven't we, Joe? Oh, yeah. So um, Sorry, I forgot about it's that. Christmas. We've got you a little gift, Bucko. Just a a little bit of a joke here, but uh, <laughs> we thought, you know, Pepsi. Why not? There we go. In honour of uh, of the man himself. <laughs> Just a little bit of a joke one, but um, no. In all seriousness, um, 
it's all about the charity this Christmas. And um, we've done them successfully over the last few years, uh, Salvation Army and Sport in Minds UK as well. As you heard in the intro, uh, we're raising money for the Sporting Memories Foundation this year. All the details that you need are in the link below. Um, go and check out the brilliant work of the foundation. Uh, and then obviously, please make sure you go and donate to this wonderful charity. Ian and Joe, you're gonna tell people how they can do it. Yeah, so it's gonna be the same link as last time. It'll be rcdonate.com. As of recording, we haven't updated the site, but by the time this goes out and you're listening or watching, uh, the site will be updated. Ryan, you're going to donate £20. I am. But if we reach 100 likes on this video, he's committed to doubling it. I will you? double it, absolutely. Um, and I'm happy it. to match that uh, match that bid from yourself. <laughs> um, so, before we get started, we just need to thank our sponsors, of course. Um, six Yards Out, as per usual, and Blue Rose Capital. Um, thank you for their continued support. Uh, and we also just want to say a quick thank you to where we're filming today, which is the Avenue Hotel in Brockhall. Um, David Dunn. Rovers Club legend is involved in here um, as a, an investor, so we'd like to thank them for letting us use the space. John can walk straight out the training ground to come <laughs> and meet us here, so check out the avenue, uh, and we might have a little promo um, about them at the end or in a separate video as well, so thanks guys. Brilliant. So, Bucko, let's get started with this interview then. We're really looking forward to this and we just want to take this right to the very start. Um, obviously, you growing up, um, been at Rovers since age six, I believe, which is just crazy um, and great for the fans to see someone, you know, come through right from that young age through all of those different age groups. But at what age did you realise that you were a good footballer, maybe better than your friends and indeed might have a chance of making it as a pro? Um, I think you don't really think as think about when you're like when you're younger. It's more about just like, playing with your mates and stuff like that. Um, but obviously, when you when you keep getting higher up, like 18s, 23s, you you have more of a feel feel about it. Um, when the points start getting involved, and not just friendlies all the time, you start like you're pretty close here. Um, and I think yeah, I think it's more of like a feel about it. Mm. I'd say it was um, when I was coming through the the age group. So I'd probably say I was like technically technically good and probably one of the better ones in each group, um, which obviously helped me. So I think the um, the academy down the bottom always always like are doing technical drills and stuff like that to to promote technical players, which is um, as you can see by like the first team at the minute we've got. A, yeah. A lot of the academy, academy um, playing in it, so, yeah. I think that's the big difference for me, actually, just butting in, you know, I'm a little bit older than you, John, but when I was playing football, it was all about kick it long, get rid of it. But I actually think, you know, lads your age and Joe's age, you've been taught to play football, uh, and I think you can see it. I like... certainly wasn't. I can't. <laughs> I'm not good enough at all. Um, there's a bit of confusion about who you support, different things, different places. Whereabouts did you grow up? Who did you support when you were younger? Um, I'm from like Manchester, like, um, like Fillsworth, Newton Heathwood area. Oh, okay. Um, so, going off, supported United, but not, I wouldn't say I'm like a massive United fan, I just enjoy football in general. Whoever's yeah. playing, I'll probably watch it. Yeah. Um, and obviously being here for so long, like... Yeah. Did you ever like, oh, yeah. like ball boy and stuff like that when you were in the younger age? Yeah, all the time. Stuff. Used yeah. to train on Saturday morning, then straight after it used to, <laughs> used to um, amazing. 
But now, like, when I was ball boying some of them games, now, like, you're playing against them, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, like, Tom Kearney come on the other day and there's a picture of me in bit, like, ball boying in between his legs. Oh, you'll have, to, you'll like, have to show uh, us that. <laughs> That's mental. Did you have any, like, when, when you're in the younger age groups, obviously, like, you'll have seen those plays in the first team. Were, were there any that you idolised and, and looked up to, like, when you're ball boying, when, you, when you're in the younger age groups, you're saying, oh, my God, um, it's, it's such a body. Yeah, obviously it was like the for David Bentley, for Donny, like type period. Um, yeah, I think I remember when I was coming coming through. We used to do like uh, each year, like a day out where we used to come up here and meet all the first team when they're having having the dinner and stuff like that, um, <laughs> which was like Rocky Santa Cruz type mm. um, and like Brad Friedel. I just remember like Brad Friedel's hands being massive and stuff like that. <laughs> they still are. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, um, Bucco, you would have joined the club in you know the 05-06 season when Rovers were reaching a real sweet spot of success. You know, we were in Europe, we came sixth, we got to semi-finals, etc., etc. Lots of good players at the club. You're making me feel really old, you know, you're six rocking up during that <laughs> season. I'm at uni getting drunk <laughs> uh, as an 18, 19 year old, but I really did enjoy that success as a fan. So do you have any memories as a really young kid, you know, that little sweet spot that Rovers had for those three, four, five years, you know, under Mark Hughes, etc.? Um, I can't really think off the top of me, to be fair. I always remember um, just when I was signing... I think it was like under nines where you sign properly, you like yeah. your actual contract. Um, they had them all on the pitch at the weekend at, at half time. Did, yeah. They brought all the under tens out because they never got to have their signing day. They're all <laughs> waving away. I thought that's like that's like John in, in ten years. It's mad, really, isn't mm. it? You know? And it was um, like they took me for like a meal and stuff like that at Ewood. Mm. Um, and I think it was against Arsenal in the cup, maybe. And that's um, that's like one of the memories that sticks out. To be fair. You met all the players before the game and got autographs and stuff. Got a few pictures. Um, do you get to meet the, like some of the younger lot now? Do they come, is that still a thing at the club now that you're a senior player? Uh, not as much, to be fair. Every now and again, I pop down and just just speak to because some of the coaches I still speak to every now and again because obviously we help me come through the academy. Um, so yeah, every now and again I pop down. Um, didn't do my coaching a bit as well, so. Oh, are you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so one of the coaches like let me let me join in a little bit. Oh, that's a session. So yeah. Interesting. You don't see so you hear of like older players like Stuart mm. Downing. I know towards the end of last season was doing some stuff with the twenty threes and stuff, but it's interesting. Do a lot of younger players these days look at coaching badges earlier? Um, I'm not sure. It depends. It depends what your like personality is like, really, mm. and what. Um, but I started man a couple of years ago, but because of COVID last year, yeah. it was hard to like do sessions with people and stuff. Yeah. So I was on my UA for B at um, Preston U Clan, is it? All oh, right, yeah. Um, over there for like four or five day like course thing, but now you just got to do the sessions. Yeah. I like, fill out the paperwork and. Oh, that's fantastic. So we've got a future Rovers manager then, is that what we're... <laughs> it's just one of the options, to be fair. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure for definite. But I think a lot, a lot of players go into like agentry now yeah. and um, things like that. And different roles as well, like sporting directors and stuff. Yeah. There's just so many different things available mm. for footballers now, isn't there? 
to Bucco, it's been really good to see players progress through the academy. Um, as we said earlier, you know, a brilliant Category 1 academy. So we just want to ask you a few questions about that. Um, what was it like for you progressing through the academy? And, you know, what was a normal day or week like? And how did it change as you got closer to the first team? Uh, so most of my routine was, like, get up in the morning, school, um, come home from school, have something to eat before training, then go and get back about nine, half nine, something like that. Um, but my dad was up at four in the morning, so he was getting home at about two, then taking me training, get back at ten, so obviously it was a lot of hours for him and tough for him, so it's nice to, for him to be at like, games and yeah. like, see him in the crowd, you know, like enjoying it and stuff like that at the moment. Um, and what was, what was your question? Sorry. So just as you got closer to the first team, you know, how did it change? You know, was it more, obviously, more time at the training centre, less time at school? You know, how yeah, did it the, evolve? Yeah, uh, the schedule gets more. So, like, you're training, like, once a week. And as you get older, it's two times a week. Yeah. Then until you get to an 18 and it's full time. How early are they on you about, like, nutrition and the way that you're exercising at home and things like that and the, and the food that you're eating? Um... I think they're not like on you, but there's always like reminders like mm. when you used to come in on day release sometimes, you know, a day off school, yeah. um, like on a Wednesday or something. The, um, you obviously didn't want to bring in like chocolate and stuff, you no, know, just in case he was watching. Six pack of Pepsi. <laughs> <isn't>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, he's definitely not going to drink them. No. <laughs> they might be ours. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just as you, as you keep getting older, you're. Um, your sessions get longer and the more more time you train, so yeah. So have you always played through the middle, like in a midfield role? Have you always played there, or because obviously like Lewis Travis, for example, yeah. came from full back and has, has kind of transferred over there, maybe to more what the first team needed at the time. Have you always been that central player? Um, pretty much. Um, I think. I think like when I was like seven aside and stuff, I was probably on the right. Um, but like eleven side have pretty much always been around the middle. Um usually a bit deeper, like a pivot. Mm-hmm. Just trying to get on the ball and like dictate the ball, dictate play. Yeah. Um that's what I was at eighteens and twenty threes mostly to be fair. Um Would you say that kind of play style is what the Academy is kind of looking to achieve out of out of what they bring through? Are they looking for a technical player? Is that what they're trying to progress or or do you think it's different for each position or based off what the group's like at the time? Yeah, it's different. It's um, because like you don't know how people are going to turn out from young, really. So it's a lot of people are like a bit of a gamble, how they like the height, the physique. Yeah. It's just genetic, most things in it. So, mm. but I wouldn't say specifically they look for like a technical player. I think I think there's like there's a lot of people like powerful and stuff like that. So. Mm. I just see the like Ryan Niambi, he's come through the academy and he's... Mm. Yeah, the like, Rhino. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, was Ryan always that powerful, that quick, that strong, or has that come as he's kind of filled out as he's got older, or, or was that always there at the younger ages? Um, it's hard to say, really. He's a couple of years older than me, so um. I didn't train with him as much. Um, but yeah, he's always been like athletic and hard to beat, um, I think. I think... Yeah, I can imagine in what I remember of him being down the academy like that, yeah. Yeah. Is there anybody that you kind of came through with 
that you you were surprised didn't make it to perhaps the level where you are with Rovers or is now playing lower down or perhaps even not at all um, that you thought would make it? Um, not a lot of names like John Parts for me to be fair. I think to be fair, I think like uh, some people that maybe like like was like really good up but that's like a bit of discipline or mm. you could tell we was with the wrong crowd, like wrong group of friends and stuff like that. Mm. Um, it's a difficult one when you're young because obviously you know like Harvey Elliott was here on loan last year he's like 16, 17 years old you forget how young like players actually are and it's they're not seen as teenagers they're seen as professional footballers and at the end of the day 16 and 17 year olds do make mistakes and fall into their own crowds I suppose so I suppose that can happen for a lot of academy players then just ending up down the wrong route um, it's an interesting one is there anybody in the academy at the minute perhaps where you were a couple of years ago that you think we should be really excited about anybody that you that you like um, I think Ash Phillips yeah I think he's um, yeah. I think he'd be very good oh, I'm glad you've said that name I'm a big, <laughs> big fan of Ash Phillips he looks good yeah he's, um, I think he's injured at the minute I, he's yeah. quite been training with us oh, has before he before his injury Um but only for like a few weeks to be fair. But I think he, mm-hmm. like for such a young age, he's like he's got all the attributes. Yeah, I think he's very like mm-hmm. calm on the ball and stuff. Like when you're a bit younger, you try a bit too much, especially being with the first team. Yeah. Um, but I think he's just like chilled and. Yeah. He travelled to Middlesbrough, didn't he? And Tony Tony spoke about him yeah. on like the club website and stuff. And I think everyone was a bit shocked, really. And I think they've already got like a pre-contract sorted with him for when he when he hits seventeen as well, which is mad. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely an exciting player. I think another player that I'd kind of picked out in my mind as someone that reminds me so much of you is Jared Harlock. I feel like just the way he plays, he's almost not a mini version in terms of height, but he's just like a, a younger version of you in a way. Do you see that in, in his play as well? Yeah, I think he's like pretty technical as well, to yeah. be fair. Um, mm-hmm. To be fair, I haven't like trained with him as much, so I mm-hmm. probably haven't seen like in in games as much as you. So. But yeah, I know he's like a technical type player. I did have a question for the next section, but I feel like it's appropriate. Yeah, yeah go for it. How, how does that work in terms of the jump from, from, from youth team players coming into the first team? Obviously, we've got the two sites here at Brockhall, the senior training centre and the junior training centre down the bottom. Is there kind of a transition period where you're spending some time up here, some time down there? Or is it kind of like, a right, you're going up there now and you're staying up there. How does that work? Um, I think... I think because the gaffer watches a lot of the 23s games, um, so I think you've got to impress in them to then get to train with the first team. Mm. Um, but at the start of the first team, you're just training to fill numbers pretty much. Right, okay. So like, but then you've got to fill like the numbers, but try and catch his eye and impress as well. Yeah. Um, Which, I mean, like Tyrese Dolan, for example, yeah. at the start of last season, probably fell into that category of filling in numbers and then... And then impressed. We made our signings late, didn't we, in that window? So, yeah, Yeah. he took advantage of that. Did he impress you when he first came in and into training like that? Yeah, I remember um, because we were all together training, I think. And I remember Gaffer speaking to a few people saying, What do you think about any event playing tomorrow? And we was like, Yeah, he looks pretty like sharp, to be fair. Pretty. The next day against Fleetwood, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to hear you say that. Is it quite collaborative in that way? Do they take your opinions on board in that sense with the other players? Not to be fair, I think it was just a one-off, to be fair. Oh, I think okay. it was just like... Um, but yeah, I think he, was, I think he knew he was going like, to be involved in Fleetwood, but I think he was just like asking the lads what they thought as well. 
Well, he's certainly grasped it with two hands, hasn't he? And, Absolutely. And flown with it, and he's obviously doing very well now as well. And it's much like yourself, he's very well involved with the fans and on social media and the way he is with everybody. So it's great to see, isn't it? Absolutely. So you made your debut, Bucko, for Rovers in the 2018-19 season. And that was obviously our first season back in the Championship after the League One promotion season. And in that League One season, there were players like Lewis Travis and Ryan Niambi who had flirted with the first team, Joe Rankin-Costello as well. Um, did you get the opportunity to train with the first team in that League One season and be part of what a lot of players remember as like a special group and a special squad? Um, yeah, I trained. I trained a little bit with them, um, but I wouldn't say I was like involved in that season really. Because, um, like I just said about the transition period from like the twenty-three to the first team, about like, like filling numbers and just trying to impress. I think I was around that stage then. Mm. Um, but obviously, because they were doing so well as well, it was hard to yeah. it was hard to like, get on the bench and. With his time around like Willem and Louis Arcastle as well. Yeah. Yeah, because um, yeah, they were kind of playing every week in the 23s, weren't they? Yeah, and like, yeah. that was that the season under Johnson where we got promoted from the PL2 to 2 as well? Yeah. So they were just winning every week. So I was like right wing back around that time for mm. the 23s, mm. season after. Is it that experience at right wing back with the youth teams that, that kind of gives you that chance to fill in those positions for the first team now when it's needed, do you think? Uh, potentially, yeah. I think. I think. Obviously, because the gaffer used to come and watch some of the games, mm. so I think he has it in the back of his mind. But yeah. I'm just going off like past experiences a little bit when I'm playing there. Um, it's. It's a bit easier than midfield because you can see like the old pitch and yeah. everything's not around, around like it is in midfield, but obviously, you've got the defensive. Defensive duties as well that come with it, but mm -hmm. yeah. is it a case for you of just like I want to play? I don't care where I'm playing, and I'll just fit in wherever, and I'm happy days. Or would you? Is it still like oh, I really want to be in midfield? I want to play in that ten role. Is that what's it like for you in your mindset? Yeah, obviously you'd rather play anywhere than be sat on the bench. But yeah. I think you get the best out of me in midfield probably. Um, do you prefer that ten role, or do you do you like sitting back a bit so you can pivot and, and link up play a bit more? Um, pro probably um, any any to be fair, mm. but I think I think my number ten role is pretty new to me to be fair. Because yeah. um, you were kind of in that ten role against Sheffield United. That's when we're recording this, just after that game. Kind of in that ten role the weekend. It, because I mean, the thing with your game is the pressing. It's the it's the yeah. pressing of the front line. I think when you when you're a bit further forward and you've got two behind, you can really push and press. Yeah. I, it, I mean, it comes across to us like that's the side of the game that you thrive on, like the game against Swansea. Oh, I mean, you noticed it straight out on the first game of the season. Yeah. I mean, obviously you were kind of like man man to man with the was it was it Grimes? Grimes, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it must have been like ten interceptions in one game or something crazy. But you seem to thrive off that environment, the freedom to go and press up top. I thrive off like having the opposition having a player that usually dictates it for me mm. stopping it. Like like Norwood the other day when I really yeah. like to get on the ball, like Grimes. Um, Which is mad because well, they're good players, aren't they? And it's you know. And you just saying that, um, Coventry. Obviously, you're on a booking. You got taken off. Calamo hair then dictated the show in that yeah. second half. So just hearing you talk like that, 
Absolutely. I, I think we missed you in that Coventry game. You're getting booked like every week. <laughs> go over to the, I mean, I was going to ask you actually, like, against Sheffield United, you were over at the ref at half time. I mean, what was all that? The players seemed to be fuming about a particular decision, but I couldn't figure out what decision it was. It was a pen on Bezel. Uh, was that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, you need to be careful. Yeah, I checked out. You're, you're number one now on booking. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see. I'm four. Uh, <laughs> as long as they're not red, it's all right. Well, that's it. Game management. <laughs> um, your first appearance book over Rovers uh, in that 2018-19 season oh. was away at Sheffield Wednesday, March 2019. Oh. Sadly. Oh. Was it home? I think it was away. My research says away. My research. Oh, I'm thinking of the goals. You are, oh, you are. Joseph, pipe down. Oh. <laughs> away at Sheffield Wednesday, we lost 4 2. You came on for Corey Evans in that game. So just describe to us, you know, that feeling. How did it feel to make your first appearance? Any memories of that game in particular? Um, I remember just warming up. The gaffer saying it's like telling like three of us to warm up. And I was just jogging down the side, and the fans were in the top, and just like clapping and stuff, which like was a bit like surreal a little bit because it was the first time I've been in like a squad as well, match day squad. Um, and and obviously when the gaffer said like, "Come on, get ready," it's a bit like, "Ooh, what's going on here?" Um, <laughs> were you confident? Did you? No, did I was you, nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was um, I was nervous, but. You're making your debut in the championship, it's not like it's like surreal, it's what you work towards, really. Mm. Um, I just remember that a newie, I think he was called Addy Nui. Oh, the the uh, bane of us. <laughs> and I just, I just remember him like just being massive, really, and me just like, trying to play around him. Um, but yeah, that's what I remember, really. I'm pleased you said it was your first time in a match day squad because I tried researching you in a match day squad before that and I couldn't find it. So I'm pleased you said it was the first time in one. But interesting that you were obviously first time in and then he brings you on. So I rich. played the night before as well uh, for the 23s. Wow. In Stoke away in the cup. Um, I think I played like 80 minutes or something. Um, but I got brought off because I knew I knew I would have been in the squad. But yeah. obviously I didn't really expect to get on. Probably because of the circumstances, situation of the, yeah. the scoreline, probably. It's probably better that way, though. Yeah. I think if you'd have known for like two weeks mm. and it, the build up and the build up, but I think it being sprung on you in a way, I think, put me personally, I'd rather just, oh, right, okay, right, we're doing it, and the adrenaline and, mm. you know, oh, God, what feeling that must be. Um, over well, to you, yeah, yeah, it's you, Joe. So, first appearance at Ewood Park, 18 um, 19 season. I remember this game, it was right towards the end of the season. And yourself and Dan Butterworth kind of came on in that game. Um, Bolton, bit of a derby game. Ben Brereton's the first goal, goal for yeah. the club as well, left footer. Um, came on for Jack Rodwell. Um, <laughs> how was that making your debut at Ewood? Yeah, it was um, similar to the Chef Wednesday one, to be fair. I was a bit nervous. Um, but the scoreline, I think it was 2 0 at the time, maybe. So yeah, like, we were two up and yeah. So I helped the cause of my of my like nerves a little bit. Um, I remember it being a hot day as well, which which had dry them off straight away when I came on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I done all right when I come on that game. Um, I remember having a shot from the edge of a box. Um, but yeah, what I remember of it, it was 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you and Dan both had quite free roles, I think, because we yeah. were winning as well. It was you definitely linked up quite well together. I think that was the game where we all kind of went, "All oh, right, okay, um, we've got something here." And obviously, Dan struggled with injuries since, really. Uh, probably like two major injuries since then, but but I think at the time it was really exciting, wasn't it, to see two young players nice. come on that were knocking it around like that. I mean, the Bolton midfield at the time, they were knackered. They were already down, weren't they? Or were they pretty much already down? I think they might have already been yeah. down. So I like those end-of-season games, though, where you do get to see the young players <laughs> yeah, coming. Definitely. So it's good. Um, but I think, Bucko, it's fair to say, for the two seasons after that, it's been a gradual progression into the first-team regular that you are now. So 20 league appearances you had in the 19-20 season and then 15 last season. And if I just think about that central midfield area, you know, stiff competition as a 19, 20-year-old that you were, you know, Lewis Travis, Corey Evans, Joe Rothwell, Tom Tribal, Bradley Johnson, Stuart Downing, Lewis Holtby, you know, these are players you've had to compete with. Um, did you have discussions with the manager or the wider backroom staff about the plan for you and how you break into the side, particularly with that list of names there? Uh, I think I just had to be patient, really. Um... I spoke to a guy for a few times, like uh, when I was doing well in training, uh, I got a knock, I knocked on his door a few times and said a chat with him, just about football really, and um, not really what my plan was, just like, how he thinks things are going for me, and I just think I had to like, over-impress to get a start really last year, um, mm. and obviously... From our perspective, it came across like it was really close to you going on loan. I don't know if that is the case. Did you nearly go on loan that season? And if you didn't, was there like a reason? Was it like, okay, we need to keep you around because we might be losing such a player? Or um, no, but to be fair, there was a, there was a few clubs that rang um, mm. that done well last year. To be fair, in League One, um, but but I always wanted to be here. To be fair, because I knew yeah. I'd, I knew I'd training training better playing with better players and I'm still yeah. getting minutes and I knew like that run I had last year around the Swansea Brentford type of games I knew if I got a lot run of games then I'd perform but mm. yeah I'm just glad it's going so well so far this season One thing that did happen in the 19-20 season was your first goal and what a way to do it really you know stoppage time winner in front of the Blackburn end just talk us through your memories and that feeling and, and what that meant to you to do it like that. Yeah, obviously it's, it's an unbelievable like, feeling, um, especially in like circumstances. Um, just glad they didn't equalise after it. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was so offside. I re- do you remember that? I do, yeah. Games. It's such a robust thing to it do was, at all, it isn't it? It was not it? <laughs> it, was, it was a lucky goal, though. Well, massive deflection. Well, you, <laughs> you take, take them, them, don't you? You, do. you got mobbed though. You got properly mobbed. Were you going to celebrate? Did you have something? I didn't know what I was doing. To be fair, just running about. Yeah. You were just. You did get mobbed, and I think you got tripped up a little bit. And then <laughs> Benno comes over, and he's like proper hugging you and stuff. So, um, if you do score uh, in an upcoming championship game, any chance of a Rovers chat dedication and a celebration? Yeah. Tell them about the fishing. Like. Tell the fans, yeah, fishing rod, anything like that. Do you want to do an exclusive for us? Goal at Charles as well and I think you didn't know what to do then either yeah. it was like uh, you got a few booze as well actually didn't you and that yeah, one went right over to the corner I was thinking oh my god got a few messages on his show as well <laughs> give me a bit of stick well give us a dedication in your uh, in your next celebration yeah, give we'll us some we'll look out for it yeah do it an RC or 
Um, I don't know, I'll try and I'll do a fishing one. So the thingy one keeps uh, um, the media up, but I won't keep trying to get me to do a fishing one as well. Yeah. So, might, so there you go, yeah. Rovers Chat Bucko is going to dedicate his next goal to Rovers Chat by a <laughs> fishing rod celebration. You've heard it here, so there you yeah. go. And it could have been on Saturday if you hadn't hit the post. No. <laughs> Are you gutted about that? Yeah. You deserve it, let's be honest. Yeah. I think we were all gutted for you, to be honest. I was off celebrating, to be fair, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but one's coming, yes. Yeah. As long as I'm creating chances and stuff yeah. like that, and I'm happy, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, just want to break off if we can and talk about the impact of the pandemic. Um, obviously, you made your debut with fans in the ground, but during your first kind of full season of the first team, where we've the season was halted, fans haven't been there. Have you felt the impact of no fans in the stadium versus the fans being back now? Yeah, I think it's um, easier to put like your adrenaline to get going and stuff with the fans in there, definitely. Mm. Um, Obviously, um, I think war- warming up makes a big difference when you're warming up in the stadium's mm. full instead of warming up and there's no one there. Mm. Um, and obviously, the like the fake crowd noises stuff last year was a bit strange and it's hard to get used to. But mm. it, was, um, it was also suspended, weren't it, after the first three games of the final oh, yeah. fans. So, I was watching that tackle back the other day, actually. So it was, um, so that was like a long suspension really because obviously we was off, off before that as well. Um, but yeah, obviously everyone wants to play with fans is much better. Do you get a pelvis off the manager and get a red card like that? If he's alright, I've always preferred it. Yeah. Nah, it's not too bad. I wonder if you'll be like a good quiz question. You must be one of like the longest suspended yeah. players <laughs> ever. Probably. We'll have to research who yeah. got sent off in that yeah, weekend. Definitely. You'll be in like a little elite club. You mentioned your dad earlier though, so what was it like about family in the ground and, and all of that? You know, did you feel that as well? Yeah, it was alright to be fair, it's because um, really he's just like another one of the fans really, you know what I mean? But obviously it gives me gives me more feedback if I, if I don't have a great game they'll tell me. Well they'll tell me but um, But yeah, like you're saying, it was it was a lot different with our fans there. Um, but yeah, just glad they're out of that now and glad they're back. Another, just as a quick question, another thing missing throughout pretty much most of pandemic football with Bradley Dack, um, obviously going fishing with him now, but not having him in the dressing room on a game day or not having him to play off, and obviously playing similar positions as well. Is it weird without him around in that time? Um, and, and, and is he missed quite a lot even now? Yeah, he's a, obviously a big personality in the changing room and stuff like at home games he's always uh, speaking to people at half time and stuff like that. Oh, that's good. Um like I go through my clips after the game and stuff and he he popped in the other day just going through with his fingers and stuff, um which was good of him. But yeah, he's he's um obviously he's a big mess and he's yeah. Well I was I weren't really playing games with him before last year anyway to be fair. Yeah. Um, so there weren't too much of a difference. It was only once he come back last year. It was like me, Tribal and Dakia had a had a period in the team. So I enjoyed playing with him so yeah. Is it is it an awkward one? Because obviously when he gets back fit it's, you're gonna be battling with him really for, for a spot in the yeah, team. I think we're different types of players to be fair. Mm. Um I think we're quite different. Um, 
I'll just say he's, he's a goal, goal scorer. His goal scoring record is very good. Mm. Um, I'll just keep providing for him hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see the Anglers trio, yeah. Brio, Dak and Bucco <laughs> in the team. It'll be good to see, won't it? Um, so let's fast forward to the start of this season then, Bucco. So 37 league appearances and three goals later. You're in the starting eleven at home to Swansea on the opening day of the season. We've just been talking about the pandemic and obviously us not being in the ground, um, etc. And I don't know if it's because I was back in the stadium, able to just observe the play a little bit more or whatever, but I immediately noticed the difference in you and your impact on the team. You're pressing, obviously that passing range and ability that you've always had, but the physicality and, and getting stuck in. Um, and you've obviously got the October Fans Player of the Month award as well, fully deserved. So did you work on things over pre-season and do you feel like you've developed and improved as a player even over the last kind of pre-season, you know, over those two, three months? I think I think when the off-season I was doing quite a lot, like a lot of power work and stuff like that. I was a senior nutritionist, which was helping me with, just making sure I was eating the right food, really. Not that I wasn't, it was just, just like keeping on top, which is better for like my mindset as well. You know, like, cause I feel like when I do, when you do something like positive, you have positive outcome pretty much. So like, it's like my UEFA B as well. I feel like when I was doing that, my performances were getting better around the time I was doing that. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's just how I am, but I like to be like doing things out of football that might benefit me. Mm. And hopefully that, like going through my clips after games, think that'll be beneficial for me. Mm. So, yeah. For me it was a noticeable difference honestly. That first game against Swansea you just you looked a notch above what I'd seen previously and you've kind of maintained that level and as I say I hope you've seen all you know the comments about you on Twitter and, and Instagram and things you know the fans and the people I see at away games and all of that everyone is absolutely loving your performances this season so whatever you're doing it's working. <laughs> um, so moving back onto you as a player then, Bucko, um, we did reference it earlier, you mentioned, you know, mentioned that you was at right wing back in some of the academy positions. It is your ability to be relied on in different positions. Um, we've seen you covering at right back recently, we've even seen you as a false nine as well. Um, I think that's a real acknowledgement of the manager's trust in your technical ability and obviously trust in you as a footballer as well. Um, so we mentioned it earlier, you know, does that bother you? You know, let's let's say Bradley Dack comes back in and he is the one in midfield and Mowbray's like Niambi's injured, you're right back now, you know, how do you respond to something like that? No, he played with the team, won't you? Um, mm. like I said, you'll probably get the best out of me in midfield. Um, but there's there's three there's three positions usually up for grabs you know what I mean? So yeah. if I'm if I'm playing I think if I'm playing like I am now I'm and not much anyone really. And just on the manager, um, you know, he has been the first team manager for your whole first team career, um, and obviously him being able to rely on you to fill in those positions, I'm sure, is a massive bonus and a positive for Tony. Um, so, what's he like as a manager, and how important has he been for you and in your development? Yeah, obviously, I've got a lot of respect for him because he's he's one to give my gave me my debut, my football my football debut. Um, so yeah, like I said, I've got a lot of respect for him. He's a he's a like a great manager. Um, I 
think is I think how he um, interacts with the players is, is good like um, he knows I think he knows how to get the best out of people pretty much um, and yeah I enjoy work, working for him I think he's He's a great man also. That's the whole team of Stock as well. We've heard a lot about David Lowe's infamous pre-season uh, routines, putting you through the paces and stuff from some other players and stuff over the years. And I think he said he, he's got like a chart on the whiteboard. It's like the times of every year of people doing his lap and it goes back as far as like duck and flip cross and things like that. So <laughs> it's crazy, but obviously, you know, it's not just Mowbray that's been here for a long time. You know, Mark Venus and David Lowe and, yeah. you know, the whole room set up was, and Damien Johnson is one I just wanted to ask you about he was obviously the manager of the under 23s when you were playing in in that squad as well um, he's now transitioned into kind of a role with the first team how much of an impact did he have on you coming through and what what does his role kind of entail with the first team now um yeah he's Damien was probably like one of my one of my coaches that's helped me the most to be fair coming through you think I've worked with him probably most out of anyone uh, and I think he gets the best out of me to be honest. I've just finished my clips from the Sheffield United game with him and, um, and yeah we usually, he, like I just said about the clips he usually goes through with players about like, how they're doing, what they could improve on, he's got like all the stats compared to other players in the league, like the elite players like the De Bruyne's and like Monday Night Football style. Yeah. <laughs> Like passes into the final third, how many per game compared to like me and stuff like that. It's an interesting one. Obviously, younger players now with data coming into football a lot more and, and analysing video analysis and things like that. How much of an influence does data kind of have a, have an impact in the way that you're training, the way that you're preparing for games? Obviously, personally, now I'm scouting now for a team, and data is something that I think is really useful. But there's a lot of people in the industry and a lot. Of fans that think that data is a bit fancy, a bit too much, a bit too technical. Do, do you like watching back that video? Do you like seeing that data stuff? Does it help you? Yeah, it helps me because it always get my, it's always getting me thinking on what I can do better, what, what I've done well. Um, personally, I think it's a good way of like, analysing analyzing yourself, how you're getting on. Um, yeah, I usually do about day after a game, but it was after all weekend, so I won't just it now. And how many times have you watched back that shot that's come off the phone? <laughs> and that must have been agonising having to watch that back. <laughs> no, I really wanted that to go in, but I'm I'm pretty sure that one will at some point too. Uh, like I said, we were running away celebrating, <laughs> but it will go in eventually, won't it? It's a shame because it was um, it was a great effort, but it is what it is. Keep going at it. So we couldn't have this interview um, without asking you a bit about the rest of the squad. Um, there's only one place for us to start though really and that's with um, <laughs> with your friends Ben Barrett and Diaz and Bradley Dark with your fishing expeditions. We've seen all your exploits um, across Instagram and stuff. Where did the whole fishing thing start? Is that is that like a weekly thing now? Did you tag on or was it all just you said right come on we're going? Um, I think it was like Pretty quick to be fair, I think he's going fishing and he said he's, he come in so I said yeah, I might as well. I've seen Bradley Johnson taking the mick out of you on yeah. Instagram as well. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we was a place in Warrington where we went. Um, 
and that's the one we've been most weeks to be fair, but it's getting a bit cold now, so <laughs> probably give it a rest for a while. I think you've gone on record saying that Brad's uh, number one. Do you think there's any chance of you pipping in for top spot? Or are you getting better? Not just yet, to be fair. <laughs> getting, getting a little bit better, but no, I think he's uh, he's the better one at the minute. Yeah. He's the one that helps me and, me and Bez, to be fair. There's the, the golf as well, quite a lot of you playing golf. Who, who's the best who's got a... Handicaps and um, Gally's probably the best. Is it? Yeah. That doesn't shock me actually. That's, um, yeah, Armour was good also. I heard Joe Grayson was good before uh, before he went as well. Yeah. Um, Ducky's good. Yeah. I no, I think pre-season all you could see was just play golfing, golf, 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 yeah. golf, golf. Armour was big into the golf as well. I think so. he did a lot on Instagram, yeah. didn't he? Um, and for Brio, of course, his world is just exploded into life over the last six months uh, with his newfound international career with Chile uh, and then his red hot form for Rovers to be fair. Um, so what have you made of everything happening with him and just how pleased are the squad for Brio? Yeah everyone's buzzing for him, uh, fair play to him really. I think it's like, I think obviously like playing for Chile's helps his confidence and stuff, bringing it into his season. Um, but maybe, maybe the empty stadiums might have helped him a bit last year as well mm. for confidence. Um, well, yeah, everyone's buzzing from in a changing room. Um, yeah, it deserves it. The empty stadiums did seem to just be the moment, didn't it, where we had that break and then he's come back and he's not looked back really. You know, he came back in, in form, didn't he, last season? Then he got that injury last season, which just seemed to stop him in his tracks. And then obviously the whole chilly thing has just taken it to another level. So it's really good to see because he's clearly a likeable character in the dressing room. You can see that from what we can see as fans. Well, and he's, he's filled the gap as well. Obviously, Adam Armstrong left in the summer. Was he is he a big miss in the dressing room and on the pitch? Yeah, it was um, pretty close with Armour, to be fair. Speaks to me every now and again. Spoke to him after the game the other night. It was a great goal. He scored, yeah, wasn't it? Was yeah. Good finish. Um, but yeah, he's taking on the responsibility. Yeah. Well, like a few, like a few of us there, so. Yeah. And Sam as well, we can't forget, you know, Sam Gallagher. Yeah, yeah. and, and again, he's had his fair share of criticism from the fans, but he's proven a lot of people wrong now Definitely. as well, which is which is exactly what we want to see and a lot of you know, most of the fans want to see, so it's great, isn't it? So just for a bit of fun then, a bit of a quick fire round, so don't think about these too much, um, but if you do say anything interesting, I might come back to it. So just a few questions about the squad and about you. Um, so we'll start off with your best performance. Nice and quick, is it? <laughs> um, I think Swansea might have been up their first game. I would completely agree with that. Yeah. I think that's Swansea game. Did you get man of the match that game? No. Was, oh, Brio, he got his hat trick, didn't he? Oh, of course. Did, when that when that player of the month thing came out recently, when Ben's name wasn't on there, did you think, all oh, right, I've got a chance? Now. I didn't think that's because <laughs> someone mentioned it. Because yeah. <laughs> whenever Ben's on there, the Chileans all just come on and they vote him and, and he's stuffed. Someone said to I would stop playing you, innit? Because I was telling you, I'm going to vote for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your favourite game? Um, I like Charlton away last year. Mm. Yeah. Or, um, I like Not Forest away this year as well, to be fair. Yeah, yeah that had a good game. Yeah, that had a nice feel. I don't know if it, that was my first away game of the season. I didn't do Millwall, but that just had a really nice feel, that game in the away end. It was yeah, I like a nice game, to be fair. Yeah, it was nice. Uh, best player you've played with? Um, probably Aaron Odaki. Mm. Can't argue with that. Hardest trainer that you played with? 
What do you mean by that? Like, running wise, hardest. So let's do or hardest to beat. Or... We'll do both. So who's like the who trains the hardest, and then who's just like the brick hardest. Um, I think to be fair, everyone trains hard. You can't get away with not training hard because mm-hmm. um, you rather get find out why you won't play. So yeah. do you think that comes about because it's a young squad as well? Potentially, yeah. But I think. I think uh, Agatha will drive that as well and yeah. setting high standards. Um, and to be, it's probably my on their eye. Can't get that similar. I'm not shocked by that one. I'd hate to be like a young left, <laughs> a young left winger who Tony's gone, hey, oh, come and train, <laughs> come and play against Ryan. Van Heck's a bit angry as well at times. <laughs> <laughs> you surprised me with that one. <laughs> Scott, I think Scott Warren made doing in the boxes. When he first came and did just <laughs> yeah, love it. Brilliant. I probably know the answer to this, but we've got to ask it just in case there's someone we're not aware of. But funniest player that you've played with? Uh, probably Charlie Mulgrew. Yeah, everybody says Charlie Mulgrew. Mm. Everybody. Is it Dundee United now? Yeah. 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 In Scotland, Miss Charlie Victor, big character. And your biggest pal at the club slash someone you might have roomed with or anything like that. Um, I probably room with Dan Butterworth most when I, yeah. but we don't. We usually our own rooms to be fair. But mm. but yeah, Dan, Costello, Jacob, Bezza, Dakia. I think we all get on to be fair. Yeah, yeah. It looks a tight knit squad. It's honestly, it's so nice to see as fans. Particularly, you know, I think about the Coil years and stuff like that. We had a shell of a squad really, but it's nice to just see that real squad unity now. It's it's really easy to get behind actually as a fan. Obviously, Armour's gone, um, but there's some other kind of big characters that have left over the last couple of years. Obviously, Charlie, Richie, um, Bradley's been injured, um, Corey Evans, Elliot Bennett, experienced players, players that are probably quite big in the dressing room. Is it a completely different dynamic now um, in the dressing room than it was even just a season or two ago? Um, I think a little bit, but I think we're all maybe a little bit tighter. Mm. I don't know. Um, I think Dara Dara demands a lot of everyone. I think everyone keep, Dara keeps everyone in line. Yeah. Can we just talk about Lenihan actually? Because um, I don't think he gets a lot of credit, and I'll hold my hands up, and I think I'll put myself in that category. Actually, you know, I've said on Rovers chat streams before that I want to see more kind of like leaders' performances, or mm. you know, you skipper barking the orders. I actually think we've seen more of that this season, but. Just tell the Rovers fans about the influence that Lenihan does have on the team and the stuff we might not see as a fan. Yeah, I think he's always keeping high standards, even like in training and in like post match meetings. He's always he's always like want to like dig someone out if he's not doing anything, which mm. is the right thing to do. We all like we all know that. Um, but yeah, he's he's he does it because he wants the best out of people, not because he wants to dig them out, which is. I think like very good leadership by him and I think he's been very good so far this season and as you see him being in, being in the championship player, um, championship team at the moment. I'm uh, desperate for him to sign that new contract. There's Absolutely. a few players on that front, isn't there? There is, but Dara's the one for me. I've tweaked out about it on a number of times. I want him to sign a new contract so bad. I hope he does. Yeah. Um, so just a couple more questions really to finish us off. Um, as a squad and for you personally, kind of two separate questions here. Do you set yourself 
targets for the season? Is there a place where the squad want to finish or the manager wants to finish this year? And, and do you set yourself goals uh, in terms of you know, goals or assists or things like that? Um, I think it's clear about um, the targets for the team. I think it's cliche, but I think we're literally just taking game by game. Mm. Or maybe if we've got three games in a week, we'll mm. look at what games we've got in the week. Um, for my own targets, um, I wanted to, I just want to be involved, probably start as many as I can really. Yeah. Um, I think I'm doing well at the minute, like right, on track. Um, and goals and assists and stuff, I'll um, have my own targets and stuff with demo um, yeah. for the finger. And I'll, I'll let you know if I reach a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, um, we've mentioned obviously that we've got written down about the Sheffield United goal. Well, you chance, keep going on about I've it. I've been on about it enough times. I think we'll leave that now. We'll, we'll let you off. <laughs> uh, just a, a final couple, Bucko. Um, can we see any more appearances from you on Rover Store TV this year with Daffy and Brio? <laughs> we saw you modelling that yellow shirt and good description of it. Depends if uh, media are getting you in front of us. Um, <laughs> Start charging nothing. <laughs> no, yeah, it's um, no, them two can recruit another person for the next one, I think. It's so funny, you know, because when I'm explaining to like family and friends that don't know about the whole Brereton Diaz thing, I show them like the early Rover store videos with Brio. I'm like, this is the guy that is the Chilean <laughs> sensation. I am not joking, it's this guy, and then obviously pan forwards where he's now, but they make us chuckle. Um, and then on a serious note, and let's finish it off with this one, Bucko, you know, what can we expect from you for the remainder of 21-22? Uh, I'll put my pressure Just sort of fucking keep improving, really. Um, still got a lot, a lot of the season left. Um, hopefully the fans can keep supporting the team and supporting me, which I appreciate. Um, quite a lot to see quite a lot of the, the messages and things I guess all around um, but yeah just take game by game I'll please keep improving don't want to get ahead of myself or anything like that but hopefully I can keep performing well for the team I think as fans we need to set ourselves a target to get a song for John yeah, we do. Because right. <laughs> everybody seems to get a song at the minute, but there isn't one for John. So. I did hear um, he's one of our own at Derby. Did you hear that one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that one was the, yeah, nice. that was doing the, the rounds. So, um, <laughs> yeah, well, do you know what, Bucko? Just want to say a huge, huge thank you for meeting us today and, and giving up your time to have this chat. We've really enjoyed it. You've been really open. Um, we've really enjoyed chatting to you. And obviously, as I said at the start, massively grateful for the support you give to the channel, you know. When you're in the comments and it's like John Buckley, hello, you know, the fans <laughs> buzz off it, they love it, and you are deliberately open with your social media, and I just think that that's so great in the 21st century, you know, there's lots of stuff that goes on on social media that's wrong, abuse labelled at players, and for you to be so open and be so supportive of the fans, you know, that really does mean, mean a lot, so um, thank you for that, and as I said earlier, it's been brilliant to see you emerge into the first team. The October player of the month was absolutely fully deserved. So good luck for the rest of the season. We want to see you go from strength to strength. We're going to see you score a goal. You're going to do the fishing rod celebration <laughs> and dedicate it to Rovers chat. That's what we're going to see. But um, really, thanks, no thanks, Bucko. Thanks for meeting us. 
Uh, and Rovers fans, big reminder, this is, of course, our big Christmas uh, podcast. A reminder. Day one of the yes, day one. It is launched today. So go to rcdonate.com and please donate. The other way that you can donate is through Super Chats on any of the live streams that we do. So on the other side or any of the quizzes and things that we've got planned, every Super Chat uh, will go to that cause as well. And as we said earlier, if we get 100 likes on this video, I will double my donation from 20 pounds up to 40 pounds. I may even do more if I'm feeling festive. So okay. there we go, but 100 likes and I will double my donation. But um, have a wonderful Christmas, Bucko. Good luck for the rest of the season. Sure. Joe, it's been brilliant having Thanks, you mate. alongside me today as well. Rovers fans, have a wonderful Christmas, a very happy new year, uh, and we will see you soon. See you later. The Bye. Rovers Chat YouTube channel is proudly sponsored by sixyardsout.com. They've got retro football from every era with mugs, phone cases and much more. They also have plenty of Rovers goods including apparel with the famous 94-95 season and this season's kit. Check them out using the link in the description below. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great.